Incident response is an organized approach to addressing and managing the aftermath of a security breach or cyber attack. It is sometimes referred to as an IT incident, computer incident, or security incident. The goal is to handle the situation in a way that limits damage and reduces recovery time and cost. It can be argued that the dramatic increase in cyber attacks in recent years, the variety and notoriety, and that the severity of impacts warrant a revisit of incident response strategies and technologies. Now, according to a report by the Red Canary, 49% of organizations surveyed are not equipped to meet cybersecurity challenges, while 54% are wasting valuable time investigating low-level alerts and slowing down the incident response process. Joining us today on Podchats for Future CISO is Pei Yun Wong, Chief Technology Officer at IBM Securities ASEAN, to talk to us in greater detail about future-proofing enterprise incident response strategies. Pei Yun, welcome to Podchats for Future CISO. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for having me on this call. What is enterprise incident response? Thanks for that question, Alan. The short answer to that question would be, as the phrase enterprise incident response suggests, having the necessary people, processes, and technologies to be able to respond and recover from an incident that occurs in an enterprise. In the context of this court chat, an incident typically refers to a, a cybersecurity incident. However, let me also give you a longer answer to the question. In the highly digitalized world today, especially post-COVID, enterprises typically have hundreds, thousands, and potentially even hundreds of thousands of digital computing equipment and services that they need to worry about. These ranges from PCs, mobile devices, servers, IT applications, and critical databases, just to name a few. And these can reside in the enterprise's data center or on the cloud. The whole universe of all such computing resources and IT services in an enterprise forms the attack surface for the enterprise, which cyber threat actors can then target. As you can imagine, the attack surface of any typical enterprise is huge, based on what I described just now. I would characterize enterprise incident response as having the ability to be able to detect an incident in the first place amidst all the legitimate activities that are happening on the tax surface, followed by having the right level of skills, effective processes, and appropriate technologies to perform an investigation to piece together the puzzle on what is actually happening and which systems are affected, and finally being sufficiently capable to take the necessary steps to eradicate the threat and contain the damage, if any. And that's just from the technical and IT angle. More broadly, depending on the severity of the incident, leaders of the enterprise, including even the CEO or the board, should also be prepared to form a crisis management team that also includes legal, crisis communications, regulatory affairs, and other relevant experts to deal with questions and issues that may arise from the media, regulators, the government, and the public as a result of the incident. All of these are essential to an effective enterprise incident response capability that any reputable enterprise today in the digital age needs to have in order to be resilient against the rapidly evolving cyber threats and continue to function as a business in the event of any incident, big or small. How has this change or not between 2020 and 2022. Thanks, Alan. We, we are now into the third year of the COVID-19 pandemic since it was first discovered a few years ago. We often hear that the pandemic has accelerated digital transformation, compressing what would otherwise have taken six to ten years, depending on the research reports you see, into just one to two years. This has a profound impact on enterprise incident response from a few different angles. First is the ballooning of the attack surface as enterprises speed up innovations and bring on board more technologies into the enterprise. Naturally, more technologies imply more vulnerabilities and more vulnerabilities invite more 
more attempts by threat actors to exploit the vulnerabilities. According to the latest IBM X-Force Threat Intelligence Index 2022, there is a notable increase of about 33% in the number of incidents caused by vulnerability exploitation in 2021 compared to the year before, indicating that the growing number of unpatched vulnerabilities is becoming an opportunity for cybercriminals across industries. Secondly, as more industries embark on digitalization in the past two years, the profiles of enterprises that threat actors tend to target have also shifted as they now find certain geographies and industries more lucrative and rewarding compared to before. For the first time in the history of the IBM X-Force Threat Intelligence Index, Asia was the top targeted geography in 2021, and manufacturing outpaced the financial industry in the number of cyber attacks levied against these industries, which ex uh, unfortunately extended global supply chain use. With more workloads being moved to the cloud, we have also observed that threat actors have increasingly targeted virtualization and container platforms using native tools to shut down entire virtual machines before encrypting them using ransomware. There have also been reports of entire supply chains being disrupted with significant global impact beyond just the enterprise itself, sometimes due to a botched response to an incident, which may even which some in the public may even construe as an act of self-denial service instead of being actually caused by a cyber security cyber attack. These developments have significant implications on where individual enterprises, regulators and governments globally should focus their attention on in strengthening incident response capabilities across critical industries and enterprises. Thirdly, health and safe management measures due to the pandemic itself have also resulted in the need for enterprise incident response processes to be updated. For example, before the pandemic, incident responders were able to meet physically at the point where the incident occurred to conduct investigations, acquire hard disks for forensics investigations, gather in a physical cyber war room for incident debrief on the situation, and so on. With safe management measures and remote working, reduced contact between members of the same team, split team arrangements and work from home arrangements, enterprises will now also need to review and update the incident response playbooks to take these new realities into account, such as to have a virtual cyber situation awareness war room instead of a physical one. Given the increased cyber threats, should enterprise incident response strategies be updated to reflect this new reality? As mentioned earlier, Alan, the accelerated pace of digitalization and changing cyber threat landscape, especially due to the pandemic, have resulted in significant demands on enterprises to strengthen their incident response capabilities. Based on research that IBM has conducted, the cost of a data breach in 2021 was about US dollars 4.24 million per incident on average, which is up 10% from 2020 and hitting an all-time high in the last 17 years. This increasing cost to an enterprise in the event of a successful breach is just one of many implications that enterprises need to be mindful of in today's new reality, and why it's so important to keep the enterprise incident response plans up to date against new and emerging threats. Against this backdrop, detection accuracies need to be improved by many folks so that incident responders can spend adequate attention on real incidents instead of dealing with false positives, which many enterprises still need to contend with, unfortunately. This can be achieved through the effective application of cyber threat intelligence on the TTPs of a threat actor overlaid with intimate knowledge of an enterprise IT environment in order to create more context to correlated alerts instead of just having generic alerts in their silos. Response and recovery plans also need to be updated for consistency that considers the diverse nature and rapidly growing footprint of business IT system in the enterprise and to ensure that IR scenario planning and recovery processes are sufficiently robust and comprehensive. These demands are unfortunately exacerbated by the acute shortage of cybersecurity talent in most geographies. To do all this well consistently with the least amount of manpower, leveraging on automation in incident response using cybersecurity technologies such as SOAR platforms or security orchestration automation and response platforms is very key. Apart from being able to respond to incidents faster and resolve issues sooner with the use of such automation platforms, studies have also shown that companies that have fully deployed security automation technologies experience around half the cost of a breach compared to those that didn't have these technologies in place. 
In lieu of this, should a new team be created to focus squarely on cyber risk or would updating the overall EIR be sufficient? It is actually clear to most enterprises that cybersecurity is a team sport. However, enterprises differ in many ways, so there's no one organization model that fits all organizations. For example, in regulated industries such as the financial services sector, cybersecurity practices tend to be more mature. Dedicated cybersecurity teams already exist in financial institutions where the CISO is typically overall accountable for addressing cyber risk during quote-unquote peacetime, but will convene a crisis management team involving the CEO, corporate communications, and other relevant departments and experts when needed during a crisis. However, this may not be the case for other industries where roles and responsibilities may be implicit or less clear. When a crisis is declared, the people in the room must be empowered to take steps immediately. They can't wait for a staff meeting or for the boss if it's on a plane that only lands in another 12 hours. What matters in an emergency is who shows up. There is a high degree of situational leadership which supersedes the organization structure. For enterprises to be resilient and do well in the event of a cyber incident or crisis, it is crucial that a good governance framework is drawn up beforehand before any incident happens that clearly defines who is accountable for cybersecurity under what kind of circumstances what decision making mandates the person or committee has during a crisis and so on this governance framework can then be road tested through simulation exercises and refined to ensure that everyone understands their roles in the event of a crisis what should be the composition of a post-covid cybersecurity incident response plan the essential elements of a cybersecurity incident response plan remains by and large the same even post-COVID, namely phase one, preparation, phase two, detection and analysis, phase three, containment, eradication and recovery, and phase four, post-incident review. However, responding to incidents today in each of these phases has evolved compared to say just a few years ago pre-COVID. I will highlight a few noteworthy points. In the preparation phase, enterprises must be clear of the assets that they are trying to defend. While this may sound obvious, CISOs often struggle to have full visibility into all the organization's Sets that form the entire attack surface of the organization due to various reasons such as ineffective governance processes over asset deployment, shadow IT, and having disparate IT environments that have evolved over time when uh, digitalization happened at speed. This often impedes responses to incidents as the incident response team either do not even know that incident has occurred until someone else reports it, or investigations are unnecessarily protracted due to time needed to gather information which should have been available right from the start. This can be avoided by instituting and enforcing good cyber hygiene practices. For for example, ensuring that IT managers register relevant asset information before computing resources are even provisioned, complemented with automated discovery tools to uncover assets that may have been inadvertently missed. In the detection and analysis phase, one common issue is the degree of false positives, especially in less mature organizations that rely on individual point security solutions that generates their own security alerts without sufficient context and correlation with other related telemetry. To enable prompt detection of true positives while reducing the false positive rates, enterprises should adopt established frameworks and ontologies such as those published by MITRE and contextualize them to their enterprise environment using an integrated context-aware security information and event management platform. This would significantly reduce the mean time to detect and correspondingly of course mean time to respond as well. In the third phase, containment, eradication and recovery, this phase is likely to be the least well understood area in an enterprise incident response plan, especially in terms of its efficacy in addressing large-scale cyber incidents such as massive ransomware outbreaks or crippling events requiring entire critical systems to be shut down. In reality, in real life, it is difficult to test such narrows and therefore tabletop exercises are typically conducted instead. For such tabletop exercises to be effective, the objectives of the exercises should be defined clearly upfront and the scenarios to be tested should be as detailed 
detailed as possible. For example, down to what exact databases and systems were affected and what questions the media might be asking. This would enable the incident responder to be more realistic in the considerations and responses. Wherever possible, even in small parts, actual tests on actual systems or components of a system should be considered in the testing plans. In general, where are the blind spots of many EIR or CSIRP? On paper, most enterprises have documented incident response plans, as, uh, especially in mature industries, as compliance or audit policies would typically require organizations to have an incident response plan in place. As it is not feasible to document all the possible cyber threat scenarios and corresponding detailed response measures to take, such incident response plans are typically kept in a generic level that records the high-level steps to take in the event of a few selected threat scenarios, such as malware infection, denial of service, data leakage, and so on. In practice, however, many Incident response personnel do not refer to the incident response plans after they have been created and will instead just rely on the individual's experience and expertise to respond to an incident when one arises. This often results in inconsistencies in the responses even when the two incidents are similar just because the incident responders are different as the level of expertise and know-how between a senior analyst and a junior one may differ. The time taken to respond to the same incident may also differ depending on the personnel responding to it. To address these issues, enterprises can instead choose to encode the incident response plan into automated, repeatable playbooks using security automation platforms. Such platforms have often already captured baseline playbooks derived from best practices which the enterprise can readily adopt or adapt from. Focus groups comprising incident responders with different backgrounds and experiences dealing with different kinds of incidents can be formed to review and enhance these playbooks, which all incident responders, including even very junior ones, can then leverage on subsequently in a consistent manner. Another common weakness observed in organizations would be their recovery strategies. These backup systems and documented procedures for recovery in place, but do the backups work when the recovery is needed? In many cases, they don't work well. It takes too long or the backup is found not to be working. This is usually a result of having a recovery plan, but without testing the plan adequately to see if it works. Just, just to reiterate, and I can't emphasize this more, the solution is to conduct real exercises to verify recovery systems and processes in the response and recovery plan where possible, not just tabletop exercises. As organizations, cyber resilience and adequacy of incident response plans should be regularly tested using real hacking techniques that cyber criminals will be using through and this can be done through exercises such as red teaming, crisis management, drills involving all stakeholders, not just the IT teams. What do you see will be critical issues that CISOs and leadership must tackle to ensure organizations' EIR or CSIRP are ready and able to stand up to the challenges ahead? Thanks for the question, Alan. I think for leaders in the enterprise, there are many issues to consider in establishing and more importantly, maintaining a robust enterprise incident response plan. I will summarize this into a few key points. First is to really build the right team. Historically, cybersecurity teams have been focused on detection and prevention of cybersecurity incidents. Enterprises are now recognizing the need to plan, rehearse and test their response plans to security incidents as well, including all the way up to recovery processes and uh, communications with the media and so on, for example. An effective cybersecurity response team should also comprise a mix of technical skills, legal precision and regulatory understanding, as well as a robust crisis communications plan. Everyone from the C-suite, including the CEO, the board, the technical team, the, the communications team, and so on, needs to be involved in the response process. And this needs to be tested on a regular basis, rather than just uh, having the IT teams test their uh, recovery plans without involvement of all other stakeholders. Secondly, uh, practice is key. Rehearsing the various types of potential security incidents is the best way to ensure that everyone within the business 
as, as well as the extended security teams that some enterprises might, might engage, know their roles and what to do in a given situation. Importantly, realistic threat scenarios that adequately into, take into account new developments in the cyber threat landscape should be used to test the incident response plans on a regular basis to identify any potential gaps. Uh, it's important to really keep abreast with what is happening out there and take into account what the threat actors are using or what kind of uh, techniques they have been uh, deploying to bring down systems to really then adapt to, um, apply them to the organization's own environment and then see whether uh, the response plan works as well. Thirdly, the speed to decision making is critical. Successfully responding to a breach is all about speed and limiting the window of access and damage to the IT environment. The more quickly the incident response team can identify what has happened, what the attacker has access to, and how to contain and remove the access, the more successful you will be. However, it's important to remember that there will almost always be gaps in the full understanding of the situation at any single point in time. So decision makers have to be prepared to still make decisions based on imperfect or incomplete facts. And last but not least, negotiate external resources in advance. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, cybersecurity talent is scarce and uh, oftentimes organizations need to rely on external resources such as forensic experts and so on to augment their internal uh, capabilities. These external resources such as incident response and forensic experts, legal counsel or crisis combination experts are sometimes needed, especially in the event of a complex and severe incident which internal resources may not have experience with. Such expertise are often available in the form of retainer services which should be acquired early with the necessary service level agreements before any incident. This ensures that the right expertise are available on demand when needed instead of needing to go through extensive negotiations only after an incident has already occurred, risking being a price taker and also wasting valuable response time. Payun, thank you very much for joining thank us you. on Podchats for Future CISO. Thank you, Ellen. Thanks. That was Payun Wong, CTO, IBM Security for ASEAN ZK. On the topic of future-proofing your enterprise incident response in 2022, you are listening in the Podchats for Future CISO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CISO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CISO. Bye for now. Music.